Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Welcome to episode one of the Photo Op Podcast, all things photo opinion. I am Ben Lucas, and this is my co-host, Stuart. Hello, hello. All right, so today we are talking about do you delete photos? So quick show of hands, do you delete photos? I do. I don't, really. (laughs) (laughs) Asterix. Uh, so when we start started uh, researching this episode, <laughs> researching is very loose term in this context. Um, you're like, no, I never delete anything for any reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say, I would say, compared to the vast majority of people, I, I never delete anything. I will elaborate during the <laughs> the show to talk about exactly what that means. I would say that there's a little bit of uh, of uh, ambiguity there, but pretty much, I never delete anything. Um, and then, and then we'll be talking about my rules for what I do and don't delete. Um, and then, uh, I think we'll also be getting into how we organize, um, the, the, all the data hoarding that we have, because if you're a photographer, you take hundreds of photos. If you're a videographer, you have probably less clips, but more data. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if you don't delete anything, then you've just got tons of uh, stuff you have to store. So yes. it's a fun time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the, the prompt for this episode actually came uh, a question from Mike B. Um, I've been wrestling with this one for a while because I use Lightroom CC, not classic. One of the major limitations is that it is based solely on cloud storage for which Adobe charges exorbitantly. Oh yeah. Um, the issue is made worse with the addition of PSD files from Photoshop. Um, all this has led me to choosing whether I should delete images. Um, I am torn over deleting files, though. On one hand, it saves space but and makes the library cleaner to use. On the flip side, I can't help but fear that I'm deleting something that I want later. What would you do? All right, so thanks, Mike B., for asking the question. Um, Great question. All right, so, Stuart, I'll, I'll let you kind of get started. Uh, first, I would definitely not use uh, a Lightroom uh cc unless you absolutely have to maybe someday in the the future far beyond the recording of this podcast that's the only option unfortunately i could see adobe pushing it permanently but so currently it's spring of uh 2020 and uh i do not use adobe (laughs) cc i do not use lightroom cc i use lightroom classic same here because lightroom classic uses storage on your computer not on their i have uh, I have certainly tested both Lightrooms, but I stick with Classic. I want everything local. Um, it's just, it's not enough storage for me. I think right now, if you buy a subscription, it's like a terabyte, which seems like a lot uh, until you do like a couple shoots and then all of a sudden it's like half full in your. <laughs> it book. seems like a lot. At first. At first, <laughs> especially if you're using like a Canon Rebel that's only like. Yeah. 15 megapixels or something. Or if you're just editing um, photos off your phone or something. Right. Right. If you're yeah. editing photos on your phone, a terabyte is like a lifetime. Yeah. Um, but, uh, well, unless you're shooting like iPhone raw or well, something. Caveat. Yeah, I shoot, raw on my, <laughs> I shoot raw on my phone. So and I, I, and I don't. So the JPEGs are like a, yeah. a megabyte and a half when, or something. When I went to Japan, I had literally 100 gigs of, of uh, stuff on my phone from 
just that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like two weeks, 100 gigs on my phone. So that's a tenth of that terabyte already. <laughs> so, yeah, but since um, my phone is old and, and awful, um, I shoot everything with a real camera. Not to say that phones aren't real camera. That's a discussion for, for another, Ooh, another that's episode. A, that's a good podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I shoot everything with my DSLR, and I have about 18 terabytes worth of stuff. So, yeah. and I know you have way more. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot. Um, I, my main my main server is uh, at a hundred. I think it's a hundred and six or something. It's just it's just north of a hundred terabytes usable, like a hundred and thirty something raw, just because I have some disk redundancy in there. So um, I have a lot of capacity. Um, as for how much is stored there, <laughs> it varies quite a bit. Um, I shoot a lot of four K video. Uh, I switched. Uh, few years back to full 4k workflow on every camera so gopros are all 4k phone is 4k i don't shoot any video that's not 4k um so i uh yeah that's a lot of that's a lot of space um yes yes that that is a lot of space many many dozens and dozens and dozens of gigs minimum or uh, dozens of terabytes, excuse me, (laughs) gigs of course so um deleting photos um storage is pretty cheap which i think is your primary reason why you say you don't delete stuff yeah i my philosophy is when it's full buy a new hard drive and keep buying just keep buying it's cheap Um, enough that's like a sunk cost for me so so actually i did want to mention because we buy the same hard drives uh, when they go on sale uh tell the good people where they can get the best price for hard drives all right so uh, the best way to do large scale storage right now is, um, and again, spring 2020, this is the best way to do it currently. And it's been this way for quite a few years now. So it's probably going to continue that way in the future. But it is what's called shucking external hard drives. So just to give an example, a like 10 terabyte internal drive just sold as an internal drive will be hundreds of dollars, like uh, like three, $400. A 10 terabyte external drive that you just plug in with usb is 180 dollars right now last time i checked which we get on sale for like 149 140 160 it depends but the it's the reasons for that are mostly just kind of economy of scale stuff or overproduction that then are put into uh externals that are sold cheaply or you know production guarantees by buying like best buy buying millions of them in bulk in one go it's just economies of scale why that works out. But um, that is the best way to do it is buy the biggest capacity external drive you can on sale. So that varies generally 8, 10, 12. Now there are 14s out. Try to shoot for 15 bucks per terabyte roughly is about the sweet spot. So once a drive hits about $15 a terabyte, jump on it and buy it and ideally buy a few if you can. Because when um, I was in the college, they were like $30 a terabyte. Yeah. And, and again... As of recording this, if you're listening to this in the future, as of spring 2020, 15 bucks a terabyte was the way to go. And that's just going to decrease over time. But it's actually held at 15 for the past couple of years. So we're, we're slow right now. We're, we're at a very, very, very slow decline in price. Um, so we'll see. But that's the way to go is uh, shuck external drives. There's tons of videos out there online about how to do it. Basically, You have one. I have one. Um, uh, basically, it's just... Uh, We'll put down in the notes here the description yeah, well, a link to your and, video. And really, just to describe it really quickly, you you basically just push the plastic tabs in the casing away from each other, and then the drive just pops out. 
and it's just a normal internal drive. You just put it right in your computer or server or rack or whatever you're doing, and you're good to go. So it's it's really it sounds scary or weird. It really isn't, and it's the best way to get uh, your terabytes for cheap. Absolutely. So um, I did want to circle back around to the main question. So do you delete yeah. photos um, or? in this case, data, since I know you shoot a lot of video. So for me, uh, (laughs) I delete a lot. If I am, if I'm shooting on set and I have just a spare minute, I'll look down at my camera. I'll thumb through the good ones. Um, I will rate the ones that I want to immediately be able to find later. Um, I have the back of my camera set up. So, um, I, I don't do one through five star ratings in camera either. Just like the good ones are the good ones. Uh, yeah. If I'm shooting a wedding and I know this is the photo that I'm going to want to post tonight at 2 a.m. as soon as I get home so that they can see something immediately, then they get the rest in two weeks. I'm starring that photo so I don't have to scroll and try and find it again. Makes so sense. the other thing, too, is like if someone just makes a blink or an awful face, I'll I'll do this one for a thumbnail. <laughs> Um, so if someone, if someone does something really awful like that, um, podcast listeners, you, you miss nothing. Um, then, uh, I will just delete that right on the back of the camera. I know I'm not going to want it later. Um, otherwise I try not to delete too much in the, in camera, uh, because there might be something, um, that I missed or that I'm not seeing or with fresh eyes. I like it later. So, um, Uh, I was actually just saying this earlier, Uh, so there's a lot of people chimed in with uh, answers to Mike's question, do you delete photos? And one of them said, Mm -hmm. yes, a lot of people said, I delete photos of my shoes. Uh, (laughs) And before we started taping, Stuart, you were like, who deletes? The equivalent of that for me is like setting up a camera on a stand, and I have so many clips of me like adjusting Your hand over the lens, my hand like or, getting, yeah. or the classic gopro face where you've got like it low and it's, <laughs> it's really unflattering angle like oh yeah i've got lots of that so maybe i don't have pictures of or video of my shoes but a lot of gopro face that, that one yeah on for a, sure tripod um, face <laughs> i was i was actually just doing um a shoot uh, a month ago before all all this quarantine crazy started yeah. and um so i took the shot with my 7200 i put it in the crook of my arm and then i asked the couple to do um a, a pose adjustment and when i pulled it back up i had taken two pictures of the grass so like it happens. I get yeah. it. Um, those, if I catch them in camera, I'll delete them in camera. Otherwise, um, when I import everything, um, I'm not deleting once I sit down at my computer. Once I sit down at my computer, I'm not going through the camera anymore. Everything that's on the camera gets imported to uh, Lightroom or however you organize your photos. Um but I will go through and I will do a first pass. So if it is heinously, egregiously out of focus, I'm not talking about like, oh, it actually should be on the eye and it's on the nose. I will leave that and we can talk about talk about like blurriness and sharpness later. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe a new episode. How how sharp is acceptable? But <laughs> but um. The ones that are heinously, egregiously bad, it focused on the tree 20 yards behind them instead of them, those are gone. Uh, the photos of the grass and my shoes, those are gone. Um, all of the all of the ones that are complete rejects, like, there's no reason I would want them, they're gone. However, if something is a funny blooper the client might want to see, that stays. Um, if something is uh, a lighting test of, like, hey, I did this light, I took the shot... 
great, that light's how I want it, those stay, because I do a lot of tutorials, and I might want to go back uh, through old jobs and show you how did I build that, how did I get to that lighting setup. So, um, all my setup stuff stays, all of my lighting tests stay, all the bloopers stay, um, if it's funny, for, if I find it amusing for any reason, it stays. Um, mm-hmm. Clients with a good sense of humor like seeing those photos where uh, I said, hey, did it? Did the flash fire, and he looks up into the light and goes, <laughs> like, like, like pe- people I'm like sure that. You, All I'm sure you stays. feel out yeah. when you're when you're working with a client. You feel out whether they appreciate that stuff or not, and then you can go. Yes, from there. absolutely. Yeah. If if someone would be like, "Oh my god, you delete that right now!" Like, deleted yeah. first pass. Yeah, with, for sure. with abandon for sure. So um, I'll go through that first pass and I'll delete. Once I get to that point, I have deleted hopefully not too many rejects. Hopefully I'm not that bad of a t- photographer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but I have pretty much deleted everything I'm going to delete at that point. Um, getting from hey these four photos because uh, I was doing a motor drive of the couple kissing, they all look very similar. I'm not deleting any of those extra similar photos. I'm just choosing the one that I think is best, or maybe the two that I think are but the best the one right before the kiss and then the one where they're actually making contact i'm showing those Mm -hmm. two to the client and saying which one do you like better um you have options but yeah so so i delete up to a point um when we were recording this video right now we both hit record we were about to start talking i said oh right i had a question to read um, and then I started reading it through you and like, we should actually do that on air. We were kind of doing some prep talk. I said, yeah. let's stop that. I will, as soon as we're done talking here, I'm going to delete that recording. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it. I, I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't need to store that. Uh, is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all very nice, but the, the easy answer is <laughs> don't ever delete anything and then you don't have to think. <laughs> Um, I, I will say there, there is a, there is a little, a little asterisk, uh, with that statement. Um, I don't delete anything basically ever except in extremely egregious circumstances. So, um, uh, I, I never delete anything in camera. Um, I just move on. Like if I don't like it, I just move on. I'll just deal with it later or not. (laughs) Um, and I just go like, I just won't, when I'm shooting something, photo or video i just don't stop shooting um at all to pay attention to any of that stuff um which isn't really necessarily the right reason um because i'm not uh as artistically skilled as ben is uh, i only get things through quantity and not quality (laughs) of skill so i'm always like keep shooting and and try to make sure that i get one that's good and uh oh i definitely do that too (laughs) well yeah they just never see the bad ones especially so is what i'm saying like i'm just like oh i I know i suck so i need to keep shooting (laughs) um but then so the only things that i'll ever delete um is like there is absolutely no way that this would ever have any value, whether as reference or as like if it's it's just totally blurry, totally un- underexposed, like it's just dark or just totally blown out. Um, if there's something that's just like egregious to that level, I will delete it. Although often I'm so lazy about it, and it's just so my style to not delete anything. I'll just leave it anyway. <laughs> like I'll just. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll worry about that later. <laughs> it's kind of how that goes. So <laughs> it, it has to be, ex- it has to be so egregious to the point where I actually, I actually f- like, it's egregious where it actually kicks it into my brain. And I look at it and I say, that's awful. I should 
delete that right now. Um, but otherwise, that pretty much never happens. So um, I don't delete anything. I'll bring stuff into Lightroom or in or into Premiere. Um, I'll pretty much keep that stuff forever at that point. I mean, once it hits my computer, it almost it almost never gets deleted. Uh, why? Um, I like having a lot of a, a lot of reference of my old work. Like I have, um, I have everything like everything on every device on every day that I've ever shot a photo, um, back years and years now. Um, and it's all, it's all backed up everywhere on my server in the cloud everywhere. There's all sorts of stuff. So I'm just kind of like a, a digital pack rat in that way. And I, I, I like hoarding everything. And sometimes, which some, sometimes I do appreciate about that though, yeah. because I'm like, Hey, if I ask someone else, Hey, do you have that file? They're like, no, sorry, I don't have any more. I ask you, do you have that file? I like, know yes. you have that file. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, it just comes from a place of uh, I like I like collecting and digital collecting is a way for me to collect without filling a physical space. And I'm I kind of I have a interest in history. I'm actually I volunteer for a museum. Total side note, but just kind of addition to this conversation. I I see a lot of value in preserving stuff for the future. I might be like, oh, that thing in the background of that photo you know, I remember when that building was there and now it isn't, or I remember that, that, you know, that person or that tree or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's, there's stuff all around me where I've seen it change just even in the past couple of years. And because of throwaway photos that I didn't delete or throwaway video that I didn't delete, I can see that stuff again or have a reference to that stuff. So that's kind of my philosophy for that, for never deleting is you never know when you're going to see something that it was worth keeping that being said that's ridiculous because it's still 95 plus percent of the time that's not going to happen so it's just it's just overcompensation for very very rare situations i i do understand that though so um i actually did an engagement shoot at um duckbill rock which uh for those of you googling at home does not exist anymore some kids were awful and yeah pushed it destroyed over. it um but uh, about a month or two before that happened i got to do an engagement session down there on the oregon coast and got the couple to stand up there and i got that photo well uh something happened with the couple um and it you know they they are no longer getting married so mm-hmm. that was a photo that was like out of respect to them i don't want to show it but then the duckbill rock incident happened and it got destroyed and it's like well this is this is history this is is relevant this is relevant this Mm -hmm. is something that like i got that can never happen again Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and and part of that is because i i shoot a lot more like nature and wildlife and stuff than you do um so for me that's that's part of it is just like oh like stuff that i shoot underwater like there's a lot of you know, terrible GoPro stuff and terrible, you know, my little Sony mirrorless that I was shooting underwater with for a while. There's lots of stuff that's just like, you know, it's throwaway. But um, like when I went to uh, the Great Barrier Reef and shot stuff there, like I have stuff that literally doesn't exist anymore due to uh, the degradation and uh, the bleaching of corals and then the loss of fish and stuff as a result. Like, does anybody really care about this kind of out of this you know very poorly framed 
uh, picture of some fish. Not really. Um, they're going to care more about all of the you know BBC. But a researcher will. Yeah, or a, re- a researcher a news might. article saying this yeah. fish is extinct. Exactly, and and that's the kind of stuff I do. Like even in my volunteering work, like I go and shoot surveys of stuff underwater because we're worried about the loss of species, and I just keep all that stuff forever. So all of that kind of stuff, that those kind of philosophies have led to me just not deleting anything. And then I just, to me, that's just a cost. It's it's um I almost look at it as like a hobby to not delete things in a weird way. Like there is a philosophy behind it, but I also just enjoy building ridiculous computing arrays and storage stuff and I think that's really fun. So it also gives me an excuse to play with those toys. Not deleting things becomes a hobby as well as a philosophy. Um I mean, you do love playing with tech, and that's why every time I have a tech issue, I'm like, hey, Stuart, you want to help me out with this? Because chances are you've done it before. Um, I mean, something that we're working on right now, I know this is getting a little derailed off topic, but uh, is doing a tilt shift. um, uh, Yeah tilt shift lens when you don't actually pay thousands of dollars for a tilt shift lens and you do 3d printing you do all of that stuff you have the know-how to be able to put that together for me so exactly yeah i'm always playing with uh new toys as it were or at least as i can afford to (laughs) 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 so uh so yeah it it is it is truly uh a, a hobby for me not not deleting things uh is a hobby or became a hobby at some point um and uh yeah that's that's why i do it another reason why i do it or why I don't do it. I don't delete things. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, so since uh, no matter what camp you're in, um, you do this for long enough and you just have a massive thing to deal with. Um, so yeah. something else that I thought would be interesting to add to this conversation is uh, what how do you organize your stuff? Because I know for me, um, if I have a client that's doing photo, I organize it different than if I have a client that's doing video Mm -hmm. and I will organize that different than if I have my own thing, like I did, um, a star Wars themed pinup calendar and I'm planning a new pinup calendar. So that calendar thing is gets organized a little bit differently than either of those client projects. Um, and so I've seen, uh, photographers, they use the photos folder, whether on Mac or PC, they just drag stuff off their camera, throw it in the folders folder. And they're like, all right, cool. So where's that thing I did? And then I just die inside. And I'm like, no, what are you doing? That's not what I do. Um, yeah. So, so how do you organize your stuff? Uh, well, it varies a little bit depending on whether it's client work or my work. So anything I shoot is organized in, um, I actually have, well, multiple layers of this as things get older and less immediately relevant. Um, so in my main storage server, I have uh, everything either backed up or stored in some capacity. So that has, uh, for my personal work, stuff by year. And then, um, so it's, it's, all, it's all dates to start with. So it's year and then month and then day. And then I have... Uh, one or multiple folders within that day which correspond to device and then all of the the photos are named as they generally are by uh time date and time and that sort of stuff from there so you can find exact down to the minute or second of photos so it's all 
by date and then by device. Um, Because often I'm shooting with more than one, especially with video stuff. I'll have like multiple cameras or like when I was shooting stuff for the Great Barrier Reef, I actually had a GoPro that I was running at the same time as a more stills focused, although I still shot some videos on it. And then that allows me to throw it on a timeline and have everything lined up by time because I can just be like, okay, this day, here's bringing this folder for this camera, bringing this folder for this camera, and then sync it all um, immediately. So that's how I organize that stuff. For client projects, it's different. Um, I still organize them by year and frequently by month unless it's a multi-month project. Um, But then I'll actually have a descriptive folder that says like, you know, the client and then within that what project I was working on if I'm working on multiple projects for them. Um, so that varies a little bit more. It's still at least by year at minimum so that I can go, I can find things by date that way. Um, so it's all, it's all dates at the end of the day. And then how far you get into that depends on whether it's for me personally or for client work. Uh, yeah. So I think one of the interesting things about that of you shoving everything together in a timeline, for mm-hmm. me, that would make absolutely no sense because um, almost everything I shoot is dis- discreetly for a specific person or a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. So it like I'm not looking for like, oh, what was the photo shot, you know, March 5th of like, mm-hmm. no, what was the photo, uh, photo that was shot for, you know, John Smith? That's what I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Um, so I, I think uh, for those of you at home, how you organize your photos will be dependent on what is it that like you need them for. What is kind of your lifestyle or your shooting style that you're going to need to go back and get stuff for. And mm-hmm. then you should really organize your photos to make life as easy as possible for you to be able to retrieve something when you need it. Cause, oh, totally. Like we'll have yeah. philosophies that we're going to talk about right now, but that this is not uh this is not saying that you should follow exactly what we're doing that this is the best way to do it this is the best way to do it for us for us but what I makes also sense think... to you is what you should do i also think that <laughs> though for that person who just uh <clears throat> my sister i'm looking at you uh for that person who uh just throws photos into the photo folder mm-hmm. this is way better than what you're currently doing please start doing this uh but then feel free to adapt it as you see fit yeah yeah i should say use this as inspiration to start thinking about what's a good system for you um but don't necessarily say like oh i, I that system doesn't make sense to me why should i do it well just use it as a as a jump off point to yeah. organize it the best way for you don't like mirror us exactly unless it fits perfectly for you for whatever reason yeah my organization system is uh I just, everything is kind of in that photo dump folder, but mm-hmm. it's just a very long list of folders in that photo dump folder. But So depending on what it is that I'm looking for, I can find it really quickly in that one f- folder. Mm-hmm. So um, every single folder, it starts with a four-digit code, and the first two are year. So if it was 2019, it's going to be 1-9. Um, I'm not worried about living a thousand years and having that roll over on me. So, <laughs> um, uh, so it, it actually got really weird as soon as it uh, changed to 2020 because now stuff is two zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so so I do year first, then month because if I did month then year, then as the years go on, stuff would get jumbled up. So all the Januarys are next to each other, and that's yep. no good. 
Um, so yeah, year, month, um, I don't really care about the day. If I really care, I can right click properties and like find like what day was this photo shot. Um, but yeah, just year month is good enough for me. Um, and then I will do the client's names. If it's a couple, I will put both clients names. Um, and then I will put what the thing is headshot, wedding, engagement session, pinup calendar. Um, if I'm the client, uh, for like my own stuff, I will be a little more descriptive since I usually don't put my own name in, but, um, I actually, so something that I learned is whatever you do, someone is, has to pay for it. So, so if I do something for me, I just like go to like a family birthday party and I shoot, you know, brother, sister, um, you know, nieces, grandparents. If I'm, if I'm shooting at this birthday party, I'm the client. I'm Mm -hmm. the one paying for it with my time and resources. So I will put down Lucas family event photography time date. And I organize all of my own stuff the same way that I organize a client stuff because now it's not just a dump of, Oh, I don't know. It's somewhere in the family folder. If they ask for, hey, do you have the photo you took last Christmas? Yes, I do. I can find it the same way I could find any client project. Um, that's probably the smarter way to do it. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's, that's how I organize kind of on a top level thing. Mm-hmm. So just by typing in the search bar of um, if David asks for his photo, I just type in David last name. And then mm-hmm. there are all the things that I've ever done for David um, just pop up just like that. Um, otherwise it's all ordered because I put those names in the file order by date. So I can be like, Oh yeah, I shot that last month. I just scrolled down a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, inside all of those, that's where stuff gets a little more individualized depending on what I'm doing. So I'll have one folders for all the raw photos that I just dump in there. Um, if I'm doing something that requires proofs, I'll have another photo of unedited JPEGs that Mm -hmm. get uploaded to the gallery for proofs. Um, I'll have another folder for edits. So anything that I'm actually pulling into Photoshop and retouching that, um, and I've worked at studios where they actually, uh, they have their own folders for PSDs and their own folders for JPEGs. But for me personally, I just find it easier to, Hey, there's the PSD and the JPEG are there right next to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's just easier for me. So that, but that's th- actually interesting that you, uh, you bring that up because this is something that um, I am kind of rethinking a little bit or or considering rethinking um, is how I or if I separate the bottom level of stuff. So I will separate edited from unedited. Um, like I'll have I'll have a in that day folder you know device whatever I'll have a, an edited folder for stuff that are finals like that i'm really pleased with but i have gone back and forth between separating raws and jpegs from each other or keeping them all in the same folder um ultimately i'm editing from the raws if i have it but um i've gone back and forth with that right now they are non-separated they're all in the same folder and some people are like oh i I really like having them separate folders i tried that a little bit and it just it didn't feel like it was that helpful to me like like you said jpegs and raws are right next to each other so it's here's nice here's why i do up. it so if i go into lightroom i import mm-hmm. all the raws from that folder right yeah i yeah. do my tweaks i shoot them all out i don't put them in the same folder because now what i'm doing is i'm going to pixie set and i'm uploading the gallery and i just yeah. select everything in that folder yeah yeah i'm not i'm not trying to upload you know however many gigs i'm just trying to upload the like 200 megs of jpeg selects yeah yeah that's fair. That's fair. 
yeah, it's just something like I, I just bring that up to illustrate that that these systems aren't set in stone, or at least for me, like yours feels oh, yeah. very set in stone for me, at least it's not like I, this is how I like it right now, but I have actually more than once gone through and thankfully I use various tools to do this, but I've like reorganized every single thing that I've ever shot into a new system because I like that better. So it is totally fine. Um, I mean, assuming you have the time on your hands, it's totally fine to to redo it. If you're just like this, I thought this worked for me, but it doesn't work for me. That's okay. Like make it work for you. The long-term savings in your time and stress will be worth it. Um, But be very careful. Don't just do it on a whim. Like test it first. So I definitely (laughs) tested a lot of things when I was organizing photos. Um, So the thing that I figured out is I wanted an organization method that was Mm non-proprietary. So, if you were organizing through a piece of software, whether yeah, like yeah. back in the day, it was Google had their own that was called Pix something pixel. Uh, no, P- it was Picasa. Picasa. Yeah. So I organized everything in college through Google Picasa and I meta tagged and I'm like, it was so slick. And then they stopped supporting it or just yeah. like one little glitch happened and it untagged all my stuff. Um, and that's when I realized I need something that is not linked to software. So for anyone at home who listened to our episode zero, Stuart, you're very much the tech guy. I'm more of the artistic type of like, I know tech, but, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I also hate tech because (laughs) so, so for me, if I buy a piece of technology (laughs) that, that thing should do exactly what it's supposed to do. That's why I bought it. So when it doesn't work, I get angry really um so so i don't like technology because technology fails so for me it's more of what's something that is dumb and it's i know it's digital but what is something that's more analog so it's Mm -hmm. easy but also something that is sophisticated enough which is why all my folders have really long names um so like uh the shoot that i would have for you um let's just say i shot it uh last month uh, so that would be, or let's, let's say I shot it December of last year. So that'd be 19, 12, 2019, December, mm-hmm. um, Stuart Merlantis, um, uh, underwater portraits. Like, like, so Easy it's enough. descriptive enough that I can, that I can find exactly what I'm looking for, but also dumb enough that, uh, my folder is not going to get like renamed or untagged or something like that. Or like I move from Mac to PC and now all of the colored labels that you Mac users don't transfer that type of thing. Yeah. So I just like something that's dumb and analog and works for everyone. Uh, I should, I should say that, uh, that one thing that uh, might be helpful to people. Um, and I'll, I'll say this with the, the kind of subtext that if you don't, if you are really concerned with how your data is handled and you don't approve of Google, fair enough like don't you don't need to take this advice but one thing that might help people a little bit if they're just like swamped with stuff and they don't know how to get it in line but they they need to find stuff you might consider throwing your library into google photos they have a free tier that that compresses your photos but it's good enough for reference and then you can actually search by year or even by face or by color or by you know whatever it can glean from the photo and help you find stuff. So if you're in a if you're just buried and you need help right now, you might consider pointing Google Photos at your library and having it go through that so that you can find stuff. That's just like a little quick tip if you don't mind that stuff being Google Photos. Should you use it as really an archive 
no, especially if you're using the free tier because it compresses the photos that go into it. But if you just need help right now and you need to find something, I found that that's a pretty good way of doing it. And I've, I've given that to clients or friends and stuff too, is like, Hey, Google photos is pretty darn powerful. It can recognize faces. It can recognize colors. It can, it can grab dates and times and everything. It works pretty well. Um, if you don't agree with Google's policies and you think you're worried about your da- how they're handling your data, fair enough. Don't do it. But um, it does work pretty well. That being said, I worry a little bit less about that because I pay for a, a business Google account. So in theory, although they are reading my in photos, theory. <laughs> in theory, although they're reading my photos to make them searchable, they're not like including it in a, a large archive of of data that is you know. Uh, that they use in a more public fashion. I don't, I don't really trust that that's the case, but I don't have anything that's very secretive on Google photos. Anything, anyway, anything that goes to that is stuff that I've designated as yes, Google photos. You can go through this stuff. So it's not everything, but it's stuff that I'm okay with them sorting through. So just something to think about. I know that people will probably bring that up as a thing is, well, what about automatic tools? What about Google photos? What about Apple iCloud what about whatever like yeah okay you know that might work for you it depends on the size of your library how many clients you have you know what you're doing that might work just having an automated system might work but for us it doesn't um I just use it as kind of a nice thing to have occasionally it's not what I rely on at all right yeah but I think that's a really great tip. Uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. So I'm Ben Lucas. If you want to find me online is at nom creative on your social media of choice. Um, if you want to drop us an email, the email is hello at photo dash op dot show. That is photo op show. So it is hello at photo dash op op dot show um so that is the email if you want to drop us a question or give us an idea um and then Stuart, they can find you on twitter yep uh so i'm all over the place the best way to figure out what's currently going on with me is uh my name which is long and complicated but i'll spell it out for you uh uh, twitter anyway i'm at Stuart marlantis s-t-u-a-r-t-m-a-r-l-a-n-t-e-s i'm also on other social media under that name and i've got a website under that name so go to those places just search for my name i'm the only one in the world to my knowledge you are the only one um yeah i've got a director in australia a rugby player and a business photographer in canada that all share my name yeah so, so i'm lucky I'm enough that lucky. i can yeah i'm lucky enough <laughs> that i can just say search for my name Stuart marlantis s-t-u-a-r-t-m-a-r-l-a-n-t-e-s and you will find everything <laughs> related directly to me only <laughs> but uh yeah nom creative is where you go for ben all right so um yeah that wraps up this episode uh what, what are we talking about next time uh, well, we've got all sorts of stuff to talk about, but I think next time we're going to talk about building a photography website. Um, this is a big topic and, uh, boy, do we have, uh, opinions on it. So we can help you, uh, in your quest to build a photography website or rebuild a photography website, or just get yourself in the headspace for building one. And, uh, that'll be our next show. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, thank all of you at home for uh, watching and listening in, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.